we all have this sort of sacred wound. Inside that wound is hidden our greatest awakening. And so we have to kind of go through that portal of forgiving ourselves, of unraveling our need to be loved and our need to find love in the outside world. And as we kind of unravel that, we come to the place where the love is inside us. We no longer need it reflected externally. Welcome to the Art of Humanity. I'm your host, Jessica Ann. This is my podcast where you can listen for fresh perspectives with artists, leaders, authors, and your favorite entrepreneurs. You can explore creativity and consciousness, evolve your business with the art of humanity. Now, here's this week's episode. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening, as always, to the show. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Here's the thing. I personally haven't consumed audiobooks up until recently because I preferred to use my Kindle. But audiobooks are now my main way to consume content. As listeners and readers of my book, Humanize Your Brand, know, I try to live a life of a minimalist. And I don't necessarily need or want more books. I like experiencing the brilliant insights of a book minus the hard copy. Well, if you're like me and love audiobooks, Audible is offering Art of Humanity listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to www.audibletrial.com slash artofhumanity and browse the selection of audio programs. You can download a title and start listening. It's really that easy. I love listening to audiobooks before bed. And the best part is that you can listen to audiobooks when you have Wi-Fi turned off, whether it's on a plane or right before bed and you don't want to be stimulated by social media, you can listen to an audiobook. I turn on airplane mode, put my eye mask on and drift off to stories. And if I can offer a recommendation, I highly recommend downloading the book of my guest today. His name is Richard Rudd, and his book is called The Gene Keys. We'll uncover more of Richard's work in a bit. This is episode 35, and I've received such great feedback from launching season four of my podcast. I always appreciate your comments. I received this positive comment from Faris Koba on iTunes. He writes, I highly recommend Jessica's podcast, The Art of Humanity, for any marketing or PR manager looking to rediscover the human side of business. One of the most underappreciated elements of a marketer's job is finding what truly connects or resonates with the target audience, and Jessica's guests do a great job at providing perspective into how their unique experiences can plug into effective content and social marketing. Thank you, Faris, for that review. And if you like this podcast, leaving a five-star review on iTunes would mean the world to me and help to gain momentum. It really only takes a few seconds, so if you could go over right now to iTunes and leave a review... I'll maybe even give you a shout out in my next episode. This season focuses on empowering the next paradigm of creativity. And one of the topics I'm exploring in this podcast and in my next book is creativity and consciousness. My guest today is Richard Rudd. I first got introduced to his work back in the summer of 2015. I bought his book and literally couldn't put it down. His work has transformed my lens on life because he unravels a concept that I intuitively knew but he explains it with such profound depth and clarity. His work has unraveled so many layers of my heart. And this episode is really divine timing. The heart is being reborn on November 16th when Venus retrograde comes to a close. We'll have closure, clarity, and new beginnings with relationships, romances, and finances. We're starting over from a more honest place that's in true alignment this time. You see all of these cliches like open your heart. But I didn't really see it as a cliche or a saying. If your heart is closed and you read that, you're probably like, okay, yeah, I get it. Or people who live with strong shields over their hearts may regard vulnerability or sensitivity as weak. But to anyone else who's an empath like me, you may have had the experience of your heart truly breaking open. It's beautiful and terrifying. And after it happens, the world becomes a vibrant place and you become more aware of the humanity that surrounds you. And there's truly no way to go back to who you were before. My guest's book, The Gene Keys, helped me during a time of profound inner transformation. And just a warning to those on the spiritual circus, so to speak. His work is not a quick fix solution. It's really a journey and a path. In order to move through the system and have it create a transformation, you need to stay with his work for some time. Abstract thinking and complex language are what defines us as a species— And as my listeners know who may follow me on Instagram, I'm a poet. 
and I sometimes share poetry on my Instagram. I've been exploring how words are almost like a portal into a different state of consciousness through poetry. And Richard and I actually dive into this concept a bit deeper in our interview. We also discuss how to turn the authority of our minds over to our hearts, why you don't have to be an intellectual to be a genius, why the future of human consciousness is going beyond the mind. We also talk about how the shadow side of humanity elevates our consciousness, why the gene keys is a tool to induce love, wisdom, and truth, how the few small differences in our DNA creates the richness of our differentiation. One of the most prophetic ideas in his book is why and how we're evolving into a homo sanctus or a blessed human as the new genetic human vehicle and why we must have a new body to house its new frequencies. Pretty trippy stuff. I'm so excited to bring you this interview. Here is my guest, Richard Rudd. Let's go to the show. Welcome to the Art of Humanity, where we explore creativity and consciousness to let you and your business evolve. Today, I'm so thrilled to have with me Richard Rudd. Richard is a teacher, mystic, and award-winning poet. His studies became synthesized in 2002 when he began to write and receive the Gene Keys, which took seven years to complete. Today, Richard continues to study and teach the profound lessons contained in the Gene Keys. Richard, your book begins by introducing the reader to a fantastic possibility that humanity may be on the verge of a major shift in consciousness rooted in a new understanding of how our DNA operates, namely that it's programmed directly by the way we think and the way that we feel. This is a highly ambitious and sophisticated system for shaping one's destiny. Richard, I'm really not afraid to get deep here in this interview, but for listeners who may not be familiar with your work, what's the most simple way to explain the Gene Keys? Um, well, the Gene Keys is a synthesis, and a synthesis is, uh, is it means that it, it has to include everything. <laughs> uh, so it, what it does is it brings together, through, through a, a kind of universal code, it brings together all different teachings and modalities and it shows how you know from from like the mystic to the mundane and it shows how they fit together as as one kind of stream of of insights and consciousness so it's a way of kind of attaining a sense of deep purpose and unity in your life from kind of from understanding life at a much much deeper level so that life is much, much more mysterious than we think. You know, the the, the world that we see in every day, you know, the, the the minutiae that we focus on. Actually, there's a deep um, mystery hiding beneath our lives. And the Gene Keys is a way of taking you in directly into that into that mystery, so that you know it awakens a different um, part of us, a, a more um, a more illuminated part, a more, a more joyous aspect of our nature. And that gives us a, a completely new perspective on our lives. So, Richard, this means you're almost ushering in a new consciousness through your work. Uh, how did the Gene Keys come to you and how has it shaped your consciousness? It came to me, well, it's a sort of series of, of experiences over the course of my life um, with a few large experiences uh, thrown in. <laughs> Um, so back in my 20s, uh, my late 20s, I, I had a, I mean, I suppose before my late 20s, even I, I had uh, inklings. Um, I used to wander around. <laughs> I was a real wanderer in nature. And I was one of those strange boys that sort of wandered off a lot. And so would wander into the woods and, and the trees and the fields and things. And I would have, you know, really powerful moments of transport, of kind of memory in which my I would just go into sort of ecstasy. Um, and it was a secret thing that I kept to myself. And it was why I would keep sneaking off, uh, because I wanted to experience this feeling, this, you know, this, this cellular memory of, of, of a deeper part of who I was. Um, but then later in life, um, I had a big experience in which uh, I sort of saw through the veil, if you like, of our everyday lives, what I was alluding to earlier. And in those, in that experience, which was the three days, three nights, um, and it was a spontaneous experience. It wasn't precipitated by any drugs or kind of technique or any yoga or anything like that. It, or it just happened. And um, and in that experience, I kind of I was shocked right to the 
core of who I was, but shocked in a good way. Um, and then over, you know, after that experience, I, um, I started to, to, well, my life took a different direction instead of going into the sort of, um, well, I was going to go into the wine business because that was my family business. Um, but I, and I didn't go in that direction. I went off, um, in search of understanding around the world and, uh, and that began this sort of spiritual search in which I, I gathered more and more information and more and more wisdom from different people and modalities like many of us seeking. And then I started to, this, this jigsaw puzzle started to come together inside me and that then emerged later as the gene keys. And when I wrote the book, that was a sort of the, the first kind of embodying of this wisdom that I had sort of come across that or that had kind of ignited inside me. Uh, a sort of natural wisdom in terms of when I say wisdom, it doesn't, I'm not claiming I'm wise. I'm just saying wisdom in terms of we all have wisdom in, in our bodies, in, actually in the cells of our DNA and who we are. And that wisdom is, is not just about being intelligent. It's about kind of being open and loving and compassionate and a much, much better, higher version of ourselves than most of us have ever believed possible. So that that's kind of how it, it's, it's been a bit like assembling a jigsaw puzzle um, and I'm still assembling it. So You spent three days and three nights in a state of higher consciousness um, and this state of higher consciousness, from what I understand, it's usually repressed in our DNA. So take me back to what was going on. Can you walk us through like the day that you woke up on the first of those three days? Did you know what you were experiencing at the time and, and how did you come to terms with this moment, these moments of ecstasy that you experienced? Well, I think actually it was the moment, it was the sort of moments of ecstasy in my earlier childhood that prepared me for that experience. Um, which was, uh, I would say, beyond ecstasy. Um, it was a sort of a state of illumination, uh, and very hard to describe. And I was alive with light. I was filled with light. I was, I was, um, I was a, I was this awesome being. <laughs> but it wasn't me, Richard Rudd. It was just this huge being that filled me. Um, it was being itself, if you like. And um, and it it almost took control of my mind. It, it sort of felt like that. It wasn't like an outside force, but it, but my mind started to operate in a very different way and it started to see things and remember things. And perhaps that's the best way to describe it. It was like a memory. It was a deep memory of this is what we are. We are this this incredible being that is connected to all other beings, That is that is not even separate from other beings. And uh, and so, yeah, that was a, a huge, it sort of, that shocked me deep down to the core of who I was. And then after that experience came to an end and I, and I re returned to the sort of ordinary waking reality that we, most of us inhabit, um, then it took a long time to integrate that experience. It took, um, you know, a good sort of many years to kind of bring that down to earth and make sense of what had happened and, um, Luckily, I had some other sort of experience that echoed it, you know, sort of echo echoes of it. So it sort of stayed alive in me. I think if I just had one experience and then it just shut down, I probably would have just kind of forgotten about it and carried on. You would have gone into your family's wine business. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Yeah, which wouldn't have been a bad thing, but uh, it just would have been a different destiny. Your work really defies language because it really helps, you know, as I'm reading your work and experiencing your work, it's like a transmission. Um, and I first, as I, as I was mentioning to you earlier, I first came across your work about three years ago. And since then, I mean, it's really unraveled so many layers of my my experience in my heart and it's just this like beautiful slow unraveling that gosh it's just oh, to anyone listening that hasn't read yet read Gene Keys I highly recommend it your work really turns something that I've been grappling with over the past few years um, how to turn the authority of our minds over to, into our hearts and you know it really is at the forefront of the next phase of human consciousness because you don't have to be an intellectual to be a genius. The new definition of a genius today is really someone that can get out of the mind and live through the heart. 
have we reached a saturation point with our human minds? And why do you feel that the future of human consciousness is going beyond the mind? Um, I would say that we are, you know, we are, we are kind of at the apex, at the peak of our mental development as a species. We've been in this epoch where we've developed our mind in terms of the logical mind to the sort of peak of it. So we've really got to a place now where, where logic almost turns back on itself through like quantum understanding. And so we're really grappling with, you know, the mind has really sort of reached, other than our technology, which goes on growing, but that's 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 one element. But um, the actual grappling with the big questions of infinity and 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 eternity and existence and all of that that has almost gone as far as it can with before it starts to move into paradox which is and paradox is where you have to go beyond the mind because the the logical mind that is so you have to move into a higher dimension to understand paradox and and that higher dimension is quite rightly what you referred to as as the dimension of the heart or or the soul or the higher mind um or the causal plane where people have all kinds of names for that. Um, but it's a, it's a high dimensional understanding of the cosmos, but it does, I, I would, that's the gene keys is about making that next step into, you know, using the mind, but, but in a higher capacity, it's almost like the mind sees through the heart, you know, and, and the mind and the heart or the mind and the emotions at their highest peak come, they work together. And for me, that's what genius is. It's when the mind and the heart come into absolute harmony and then they, but you transcend both in a way. So you transcend your emotions and you transcend your, your feelings and you tr transcend your logic. And then you move into a higher way of, of understanding things because you understand them, as you said, through this this capacity of genius because you understand where things are interconnected and so gene keys is about preparing people all the all the synthesis and the work with the gene keys wisdom is about helping people kind of raise the frequency of their what i call raise the frequency of their body of their dna of their emotions of the, their thinking in order that they can kind of begin to have breakthroughs into this higher way of understanding which is more akin to remembering, actually. It's like, it's a cellular remembering of something beyond ourselves. And it's, it's something that the mystics and the teachers and masters and have always spoken of for, for thousands of years. So it's not new. Um, Gene Keys is a new approach for a new generation, but um, it's not a new understanding. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love the way that you phrase that. It, it's a cellular remembering that really has been with us through all of time. And I love how you explain that it is a paradox because uh, in order to kind of soften and deepen into the heart, you kind of have to trust that with your head. Otherwise, you'll go crazy. You'll be an emotional mess, kind of. Um, or at least you'll at least when I was going through this about, you know, three years ago, um, you know, it was an interesting time in my life. And I, as I was reading it, I was just, you know, it really allowed me to accept the unraveling of the heart that, you know, as you say, it's a natural process and a natural progression and um, trust it. And I needed to, I needed that paradox, you know, truth is always found in paradox. And if I didn't know that it was okay in my mind, I wouldn't have felt safe, so to speak, um, to surrender into the beautiful magic of the heart. And you mentioned that it's a way to kind of transcend emotions and logic and to move beyond the, the mind. So how do you begin to explain this to listeners out there who you know, may be in the logic and they're listening to this and they're, and they're mm. like very skeptical and they're like, wait, this, this doesn't really add up in my mind. And, and they're listening with a sense mm. of skepticism. How do you begin to explain some, this process or this yeah. path of illumination to the um, skeptics out well, there? Well, I, I guess I might, I might talk about something like relationships, you know, which we all you know, struggle with in, you know, in some way, most of us, um, unless we're very, very, very fortunate. Um, but usually relationships provide us with a real challenge. And, you know, the, the, the kind of path of 
kind of moving towards wisdom through understanding our relationships is a is a pathway of kind of self forgiveness and self healing and you know that there's nothing uh there's there's no need to be skeptical about any of that uh because that is sort of that's real you know that to to feel love and to be able to forgive and to be able to get on better with the people around you is is actually a very practical set of things to learn um, it will make your job, your business better. It will improve your relationships with your family, with your friends, with a, with strangers at all, at all levels of being. So learning to kind of see through your heart and, and soften into your heart is the first step, really, for most of us. And what happens is as you're as you're learning that and in Gene Keys, it, it sort of teaches that it teaches that in a very gentle way and quite a subtle way. Um, and and in doing that, it starts to kind of open you up because when your heart starts to open up a little bit more and a bit more regularly, that's when your mind starts to soften as well. Your mind starts to open because a very intellectual, skeptical mind is a mind that's probably a little bit rigid. And so and it's and it's connect that's connected to the heart. So as the heart softens, the mind opens and as the mind opens, it opens to to more possibilities and as more possibilities you know op- uh, kind of open up to us then um, we begin to see more and understand more um, and we realize how deeply connected the mind and the heart actually are and most intellectuals um, or skeptics uh, are kind of at some level that is their ch- great challenge is to see the connection between the heart and and mind and so I, I love to challenge um, skeptics in that way. And I will challenge them in a in a very human way and say, you know, let's, you know, you know, because I'm not going to I'm not going to battle against uh, the intellect. That's, uh, you know, there's there's people with much greater intellects than me out there. Um, but you can't really battle the heart. <laughs> you know, I mean, no one says no. To, no one says no to love. So that's where I would steer the conversation. Absolutely. You can't say no to love. You know, you can question someone else's intellect, but you can't question the integrity of their heart. Uh, So and this is something that, you know, as you mentioned, the mystics have spoken of for centuries. And um, you actually bring in the teachings of ancient work into your gene keys. You integrate the I Ching, which is a Chinese methodology um, with another program called the human design and then you've made this gene key um under illumination i guess i could call it your own and um can you explain the process of how you kind of used your mind you had to use your mind to create the gene keys at the Mm. same time i'm sure it was a transmission it was um as you were creating it but you had to kind of have the initial foundation of these ancient teachings in you to be able to build upon it to bring Mm. this modern approach to human consciousness so can you explain what that was like to combine and fuse these ancient teachings and integrate it into this new work of yours uh, yeah, I think so. I'll, I'll do my best. I think, you know, it's a, it's like a, you know, all the teachings from the sciences to the, the kind of mystic arts are basically like a toolbox, you know. So it depends on where you, where you want to go. You can, you can pick up certain tools and then when you, you put, bring them together, you can see how many of those tools all have the similar root. You know, and that was that's been my interest. It's like seeing this. Um, it's not uh, it's not so much about having them all have to perfectly fit together, but it's showing how they have the same root. And that's what was of so much interest to me is uh, is looking into, for instance, myths, mythologies around the world and seeing how they all have a similar root and how, you know, certain um, when you even look in through the sciences, you get to see how the the kind of modalities of science all kind of they point to similar geometries. And so when you start to look at things together, when you start to look not only through one lens, that's when things grow. So if you're a biologist, then if you also happen to be an expert, you know, a musician, and you understand sacred geometry, you'll begin to see the connections between the, the things you've learned in, in biology are also there in music, and they're also the same principles in, in, in architecture or in life forms or in, in many different things, and you'll see them in the heavens, and, and you'll see them 
you know, in DNA and you'll see them all over the place and you'll see the same principles. So essentially, as I've kind of gone through my intuitive journey of understanding and bringing together gene keys, I've I've spontaneously picked up the tools and the teachings and the scientific angles and approaches that I've that I've needed. And I'm by no way by no means am I a scientist. I'm much more a poet, uh, you know, in a way. Then I've started to integrate a lot of different approaches together. Um, as you mentioned, human design was one, which is a kind of slightly esoteric uh, system, and I so I went very deep into that because that's that was that's a synthesizing system, bringing together things. Um, but then I wanted to go further. I keep wanting to go further and bring in more. It wasn't really something I consciously created or put together. It was just about seeing there's a greater synthesis. You know, there's an even wider way of seeing something. And that, you know, when I found something that was broad enough to contain the state of illumination that happened to me, then I was happy finally. <laughs> and and even even with the gene keys, I, I, I would caution people. I'd say, look, this, these are just teachings. These are just my kind of tinkerings in the toolbox. And they're not the thing itself, but they point to the thing and they can take you towards the thing itself and the thing itself of course is love and wisdom and truth but so all the tools are like are just the tools but they keep they kind of guide you towards the truth don't know if that makes sense yeah that makes a lot of sense and you know you use uh, the gene keys as a tool to further you know the current state of our human consciousness uh, based on, you know, some of the esoteric concepts um, from back in the day, you know, the I Ching is the book of changes. Um, some of these concepts are really based in myth and they unravel, you know, our layers based on the challenges that we may face. You know, it's not always, you know, the good times. It's not always the rainbows and the unicorns. It's kind of seeing how every moment of our life, even the challenges are here to help us guide that path. So to dive in deeper, there are three parts to the gene keys. And one of them is like the, you know, the shadow side to humanity. Um, yeah. And that is kind of the foundation from which to continue to elevate our consciousness. So how integral mm. is that shadow side to our humanity to be able to grow and evolve? Yeah, that's a really great question, Jessica. It's um, that is actually I mean, gene keys is one of the deepest kind of systems I know of that to explore the shadow, you know, what Jung called the shadow, the shadow archetypes uh, of, of human consciousness, the dark side, if you like. And so through these 64 gene keys, which come are derived from the I Ching, um, which are basically archetypes, um, you can see the variations of the shadow. In, and if you look down the, the spectrum of consciousness, as I call it, if you look down all these different these different words, you're, what you're you're seeing is you're seeing like a if I give an example, like the shadow of conflict, um, you know, which is in which is deeply embedded in every human being and in, in every society and every culture is there's this conflict that we have because we have an inner conflict and we express that externally in our relationships and we express it through our gene pools, through 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 war or through terrorism or whatever it is. Um, you get to see that these patterns are all kind of in us, in, in they're part of our humanity. And so the, f the first step is to begin to see it. It's like Buddha, one of his fundamental teaching, which made people very uncomfortable, is that all life is suffering. <laughs> and, and it's like a real one-liner. And Jinkies is the same. It's like, look, you have to begin with the shadow. We are all suffering. We, we have this, this pattern, this paradigm deeply embedded in our conscious that runs us. And we have to see it and understand it. And then we can begin to unlock some of the secrets that are hidden inside it. You know, in Jinkies, the, the core saying is every shadow contains a gift. So inside every shadow is a gift hiding, but it takes some courage to dig into those shadows. So Gene Keys allows you to see your personalized shadows, the issues that have dogged you in this life. You could say that that's that your karma or, you know, your particular struggle and what your where it comes from and what kind what it is. And if you understand it really well in the Gene Keys help you see that, then you begin to realize that actually you can forgive yourself that or you can transcend it you can move on you can, there are ways through deep acceptance of that that you can you can change it 
you know it can actually change it can transform inside you and what it transforms into is it trans transforms into a gift um, which is an extraordinary thing but it's actually in all our mythologies right it's, it's embedded in all our movies and everything like something that's very negative actually ends up becoming something marvelous in the end but you have to go through this incredible journey you know to transform that suffering and then it becomes this uh, this this sort of um, reconstitution, this new, higher kind of life. Mm. So yes, Jinkies begins with the shadow. It takes courage in that it, that sense. It's gritty in that sense. It's not a kind of big, fluffy, as you said, new age system. Um, you know, it, it really you have to dig into the into the darkness inside yourself and see it, and on a daily basis and work with it. And then you begin to soften and then you, it begins to kind of heal inside you and you begin to find wholeness. That's when it turns into its gift and even eventually into um, something even more marvelous, which I call the city, which is our very highest, more miraculous potential. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, anyone can go and take uh, a test. It's on genekeys.com. And you can learn more about your what you like to describe it as a hologenetic profile, which details, you know, everything from that shadow up to the city, the gift. So you'll be able to look into your profile to be able to see kind of your shadow based on the time and place of your birth um, and then be able to evolve your you know, whether you call them transgressions or your shadow side of how you see the world into this beautiful gift. And, and wow, it, it is quite a journey. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, I went and I took that test. And as I was reading through my own profile, I was just curious about, you know, there are so many, there's 64 of these keys. And I'm curious as to, you know, when you look at humanity as a whole, and everyone has, you know, these, the dark and the light in them, how common are we all when it comes down to it? Mm -hmm. You know, we're all going through different challenges and we have different life lifestyles and experiences. But when you kind of look at the whole of humanity from a almost an aerial view mm. of looking at the earth, how common do you see us all, Richard? We're very similar, actually. You know, it's like in, it's the, the truth of DNA, like the DNA, you know, our DNA is incredibly similar. It's just a few things different in each one. Um, but those few differences actually create the the kind of the richness of our differences, of our differentiation. Um, and so, yeah, it's the same when you look at your profile. You're, you know, you may have an identical profile as someone else, but your experience of that profile is not the same. See, the profile isn't like it's not describing your biology. It's describing um, your journey in life. So two people can have an identical looking German journey, but because they're very different people in, in terms of they live in different places, they were born in different places, they have different families, they have different influences around them. Those journeys will follow the similar archetypal patterns, but they'll be very, very different um, expressions. So yeah, it's both, you know, they're, they're very unique, um, but your profile also shows you the specific journey of unraveling that you're here to follow. And that kind of has deep resonances. It tends to for the for individuals when they look at them um, and they work with them. And as you said, it's a very deep process. It's not Jinkies is not a kind of one of those quick fix systems at all. It is a it takes commitment and it's a it's a journey. It's a path. Um, you you can step slowly in and and kind of get little bites at the beginning, but in order to really move through the system and, and have it really make it help help you and create a transformation in your life. You need to stay with it for some time. Yeah, I mean, I found it three years ago and I feel like as I'm seeing it now, I'm just beginning to fully understand even through a new unique lens of what I, how I understood the Gene Keys even three years ago. So it's just so magnificently like huge in the scope of the understandings that you're going to get from this work. And it really illuminates the human journey in a way that I've never explored before. Uh, so, and you know, it's something that it's so 
profound in a way that, you know, there's just no words. I keep trying to form words to it. And <laughs> it's just really like yeah. a poetic experience to existence. Yeah, I, I have the same challenge. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do a very good job of communicating it to your very... Um, poetic in your style and approach. Um, and something that you've uh, mentioned a little bit earlier on is that, um, you know, we've reached the apex of our peak of our human potential. And um, it brings me into um, one of the most unique and interesting keys that I read was the 55th gene key, which describes genetic mutation. And you describe how humanity is due for one of these genetic leaps. Um, and I actually mentioned this in my book. I always forget that I wrote, I referred to you in my book, um, Humanize Your Brand, um, when it came out three years ago. And um, it talks about how we're evolving into a homo sanctus or a blessed human. Mm. And it's the new genetic human vehicle. We must have a new body to house these new frequencies. I'm really curious how um, more to learn more about this concept. It's really the most thought-provoking and heart-expanding gene key that I've come across. Uh, can you illuminate us on this gene key? Yeah, yeah. It's a very prophetic part of the gene keys. And when I wrote the book or when the book wrote itself, um, you know, that gene key kind of when I wrote it, it, it was sort of five times longer than any of the others. It just came out with this whole stream and I couldn't hold it back. And it's the one that's about freedom. It's journey of the victim to freedom. So it is universal to all of us, but it seems to be a kind of linchpin in our DNA and who we are as an archetype. So it, there's some aspect of it that's that I understood as changing inside us. It talks of a change, a cellular change, a mutation in our DNA. And that happens from time to time in evolution and not just in humans, but in, in all species that they, that, uh, you know, we're always mutating, but uh, a kind of transmutation, which is a, like a major a set of mutations that occurs quite quickly, that causes a, almost a branch in the species. That's a, a rarer event, but it has happened in the past. It will probably continue to happen. It's happened many times. That's my understanding. Uh, so something Something like that is what the 55th Jinky is pointing towards. And it's very prophetic in terms of it. it's quite an out there teaching uh, if you read that Jinky and it's available online on my shop on, on the sort of in the book area. So you can actually download the PDF and read it. Um, if you go into the website, you'll find all these things. Um, there's a lot of free resources. So, yeah, it, it talks of this, the, as you said, this change in our species. And I don't see it as something that will kind of come overnight. I think it's something that is that will be rolling out over time and it will begin to i think it probably already is divide us into two different types of human you know uh, an old form and a new form and um you know i think that that over time will the body of the new form will begin to change in order to kind of house the, a, a different kind of awareness system and because this is what happened you know when i had this exalted state of consciousness and when i've experience those states after that, the nervous system has to really expand in order to kind of contain those higher frequencies because they really are. It's like you're allowing more voltage into your body. I'm sure you've had these experiences. I'm sure many of the listeners have had kind of some kind of experience similar and it can fry you if you're not prepared. All right. So the nervous system has to kind of really be able to handle it in order to live with that. You, we need a new kind of a, a new kind of body. And I think that's going to have to evolve over time. That's what the 55th Jinky talks about, a new kind of human coming in order that, that it can house, new biology can house those frequencies and that the solar plexus system, you know, where the shadow is transmuted, that that is where the kind of all the changes are primarily kind of rooted because it's in the belly, it's in the navel, it's in the, the in our core that something new is awakening. So, yeah, a lot of the 50th Gene Keys is about that transmutation in our species. And it is quite extraordinary. <laughs> yeah, fascinating. Yeah, I would have to agree. I mean, you really do need a different body to house all that energy. Anyone out there, if you're not familiar with like Kundalini Awakening or any of what we're talking about, it's you really can't quite explain it with words, but it's like, a, like you said, it like fries your system. It's this um, spark inside of you at the base of your of your um, spine that kind of rises um, along your spinal cord. And it's it runs throughout your nervous system so that, um, you know, and it can be a really, really empowering thing. And it can be a really scary thing, depending on, you know, what you know about it at the time. And as you're undergoing this yeah. kind of transformation 
I'm curious on a very tactical level, what do these new humans look like? Do they look different? You mentioned that there's going to be two humans, two different humans um, on this earth together. And based on kind of what you downloaded in your experience, do these new humans look any different? Do they act any different? What goes through you know their minds mm. and their bodies as they're transforming? <clears throat> well, I don't really know what they look like. They look different. Um, I have some intuitions about that, but I, I don't really know. Um, what what I do know um, is this kind of the the mythology of the fifty fifth gene key that describes it is all based on the the you know the 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 allegory that that sits in that gene key is the dragonfly, as you probably know, and the, and the, and the life of the dragonfly, you know, and the dragonfly lives as an underwater creature for two or three years before a nymph is called before it uh, mutates. And so it, it's a predator. Um, and it doesn't know that it's going to become a dragonfly it has no idea. It's just living its life as an underwater predator. And then one day it, it, it kind of, it, finds a stalk of grass and it and it does something it's never done before it clings to that stalk and it starts to move up towards the sunshine and it leaves the the environment of the water and it's never done that before and it goes up into the light and the moment it's sort of and it's hanging on the stalk of grass with the wind blowing it and the moment that it gets out of the water it starts to mutate because the sun starts to have this effect on it um, and it's there's some gene inside it some genetic transmutation that just triggers that whole event um, and then the thorax starts to uncurl and unfold and the, its back splits open and this new creature comes out and the wings come out and then a puff of wind pushes it up into the air and it takes to the air and it's this incredible uh, dragon-like iridescent kind of flying creature that's utterly different from the creature it was for two or three years <laughs> yeah. and so you know you can't we can't really fully comprehend what we are going to become because it's so far beyond our understanding. Um, we may have had sneak previews, you know, so our awareness will be completely different. Our awareness is beyond emotional awareness. So, it, you know, if you were born into that state, let's say you were a child, then as a child, you'd be completely different. You'd have a completely different energy about you. There'd be, a, I imagine, there would be a calmness to you that would have an effect on your entire environment. It's like a great teacher or a great master. There's a silence around them. There's a peacefulness around them. It's almost not possible to kind of stir them, you know. And that doesn't mean they're not emotional or they're not passionate or any of those things. It just means that there's a there's a certain stillness to their core, so that they can't get pulled into your whatever it is you're pulling, you're, you might want to pull them into. They don't get triggered as easily. No, they don't get triggered. They don't get triggered at all. Yeah. Because there's, their awareness is resting outside of that kind of illusion of time and space and the drama. They know they are not this being, mm. this, this separate being. Um, and so there's a, complete, there's a completely different view from inside that kind of a vehicle and therefore there's a peacefulness and uh, you know there's a life and it may contain all kinds of challenges and things it, it has its own destiny and karma and all that but um, a very different kind of person a very different kind of human exists you know with and one that potentially has a huge effect on the people around them positive effect sometimes a stirring effect for sure a provocative effect because peace can be very provocative you know and and love can be very provocative to the shadow the shadow is not comfortable around that kind of energy field and so there may be a stirring up as these new kind of beings come into the world so so it's kind of an exciting <laughs> yeah concept really super it's groundbreaking and you know it's the old model is you know our attitude to life is what programs our DNA and shapes our life. And that's kind of the approach we've been using. But this new model is completely different. And it puts consciousness first. It's your consciousness that creates the reality. And this is something that I, I nerd out over for hours. I love talking about this stuff. So, you know, when you put your consciousness first, it's all about your awareness of your own self that really creates the external reality. Is that kind of how your... Um, you know, teachings line up with this new paradigm? Uh, in a way, yes. And I mean, I might change the language a bit and say, well, that, you know, there's not even a, a your consciousness, you know, mm. there is just consciousness itself. 
moving through you, breathing, seeing through you, and you are in a state of surrender to that. And, uh, and, and so the view that, that you see is, is so different uh, from the one that we see where we're attached to, you know, the form that we're in and, we're, and we have these attachments to the way we think and the way we see things and through our senses, the way we experience, we, we experience the world. I mean, this might be a bit far out for some of the listeners, but it, it's literally, you know, that we, this is what I've understood, is that we live in a world that is absolutely a figment of our imagination. It is so not, <laughs> not what we see, is so not the truth. Um, to, to, you know, to a very deep level. So literally everything around us is a program. It's like, a, it's like we're in a computer program. It's like we're in the matrix, that film. That is such a true film at, at that level. It's, everything is a program. You know, like a bird flying past your window is actually a little bit of programming code. And there, and there is a code to that. There's a code to everything. That's what the gene keys are. The gene keys are the code of everything. So they unlock all the codes. Uh, and th that's, that's why that they're based in a kind of mathematical structure that is the same code that DNA is, 64 with six components in triplets. And that's what the I Ching is, consists of. And that's what it's, it's the code of the cosmos. It's everywhere. It's found in all natural systems. So it's the code of what the ancients called the Maya. The Maya is the illusion of the world around us. So when you can see through, when you break that code, that pattern, then you see life what it, as, for what it is truly. And, that, and, and you see everything interconnected. And you see kind of eternity. You're living in eternity. But we can't conceive that, right? In our normal mind. We're like, what the hell does that mean? What's this guy, talk what's this guy talking about? And I'm talking about something that, you, that the mind cannot comprehend. How can the mind comprehend eternity? It can't. The heart can. The heart can say, I will love you forever. And it knows that that's true in that moment when it says that. So the heart is a, is a much broader instrument to understand reality than the mind. But when the mind goes with the heart, then the mind becomes silent. And when the mind becomes silent and empty, then the mind can understand. But <laughs> that takes you know, some time and, and a lot of heart opening for the mind to fall silent like that. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, then we see reality for what it really is. And, and then we're, you know, everything is just pure. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with anything. Nothing. There's, there's, there's nothing that we would want to change about the world or our life or anything. Because we only see the perfection of, of the cosmos. You know, and that's that's our surrender. Yeah, it's a it's a higher grace surrounding us at all times. And, you know, as you said, once we break that code, this awareness is it's not even an awareness. It's, it's, it's a consciousness that breathes through you and you become a, a part of this. I mean, I, I don't have all the answers. I'm not claiming I can experience this every day <laughs> whatsoever. But, um, you know, I've had tapped into this eternal truth. Uh, throughout bits and pieces of my life and mm. it is beautiful and it really is um, like you can tap into yeah. the code of the cosmos and then it's like you see yeah. everything through you see through the illusion of the Maya and um, you know sacred you mentioned sacred geometry a little bit earlier in the in the uh, interview and I'm curious kind of how important is sacred geometry to this unraveling and this illumination and you know can maybe can you explain a little bit of sacred geometry to yeah. the listeners because it's i find that it's magical and uh mysterious and beautiful and it's a key component to this awakening yeah well sacred geometry is in a way the 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 unifying kind of teaching or aspect of all other modes of thinking and understanding so you can take any you could take physics and you could take music, as I mentioned earlier, or you could take sociology or you could take mythology or you could take any mode of thought and understanding. And sacred geometry is the linking bridge between all those things. And it's and it because it points to perfection, 
you know, and sacred geometry isn't just like, it's not lines like that as we understand geometry, that can be an aspect of it because sacred geometry is about, it's about um, interlocking, it's about where things interlock. So it's actually a, you know, it's a two dimensional way of looking at perfection. But to actually really understand sacred geometry, you have to enter beyond two dimensions. So you have to kind of feel it inside your body. And when we talked about these higher states, what 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 happens is that you enter into the sacred geometry and you're a part of it. You're a part of the pattern of perfection and everything is orchestrated and choreographed in time and space perfectly within that geometry. So geom the geometry is alive. It's moving. It's fractal. It's as many curves as it is. In fact, it's all curves. You know, there's no straight lines in, in true sacred geometry because everything is, you know, you see a straight line, but actually it's curving if you follow it. A, you know, it has to curve and that curve continues. And, you know, everything is curves. Everything is the feminine in that sense. Mm. So it is, a, it, is a, it is a level of consciousness that you enter into. Um, yeah. And when we talk, you know, I talk about these cities, these higher states, you know, when I, and that's why I would I would say to people, look, look, what's a little bit unique about Gene Keys is when you look at your profile, um, you actually can look at the profile of your enlightened self. And I don't know any other system that gives you that. Um, it sort of, it shows you your cities. It shows you the words that correspond to your fully realized consciousness. So it shows you your, your out, absolute awakened self. And it gives you these words that show that. And then those words are portals into those experiences, whether the word is ecstasy or whether the word is devotion or whether it's veneration or whether it is, you know, um, grace. Any one of these words, they're all the same experience, but they're a slightly different lens on the higher truth. This is why when you when you listen to two different great teachers or enlightened teachers, they may appear to say opposite things because the same truth is resonant underneath, but the style that they're using, the approach is different. That's because the vehicles are slightly different. You know, the lenses are slightly different, but the experience in, underneath isn't different. It's really amazing thing is to be able to look at your, to really contemplate your highest uh, manifestation possible and and to kind of hold that as a reality in your everyday life yeah. is what begins to change your reality yeah for sure and there are uh different words that explain this process i'm looking at my gene key and um it has deep deep resonance for me it's purity and i just love that word purity and it it's really unique and interesting to dive in deeper and just see you know as an example, you know, of how you word it, listeners may be able to use this um, just to tap into that, the wisdom of that word, because it's profound. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, you use that word kind of as a framework to go even deeper into a wordless wonder in a way. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really cool. Yeah, it's nice. I like that expression you used, the wisdom of that word, because there is, a, you know, there are wisdom in those words. They are kind of, they're stepping stones into states. And, and stages of consciousness. Yeah, that's exactly what they are. Portals. Portals, yes. Into yeah. the void and then back again. <laughs> yeah. Something you mentioned about the feminine state of our being, um, and you touch upon this a little bit uh, later on in your work, if you move through the process of the gene keys, um, the feminine process is a huge part of the awakening experience because you are, you know, the heart and the emotions and feelings are so feminine in their approach to life. And, um, you know, you have this process called the Venus sequence and it aligns with this feminine approach to our lives. And um, can you speak to the fact that, you know, this modality mm. or these tools that you are um, speaking about are kind of a little bit more or a lot of um, have a lot of feminine aspects to them. Is that the key component to moving forward? Um, it's one of them. I mean, it's it's it is a completely critical stage in in a pro any process of awakening is the transformation of our emotional life of our desire life. I mean, it's what the ancients called tantra, right? It's the transmutation of our desire, and and um, and that's what this Venus sequence is about. You know, so when you 
you know, if you if you explore your gene keys a little bit deeper, you'll come to your Venus sequence and you'll begin to see that there are codes and patterns built into you that were laid down at the point of conception, you know, and those kind of codes are the codes of your suffering. And so as you begin to see how layered they are and you begin to see through the layers and open up those layers and you do that in a sequence, which is why it's called a sequence. So you, you unlock the sequence through your awareness of, of watching yourself and watching your patterns in your everyday life and particularly in your relationships because that's where they're the most alive. And then as you see yourself behaving in that way, you can begin to unthread those patterns that have been running your life, that have been ruining your life, you could say. And you can begin to kind of unthread the weave of that illusion that's been kind of keeping your heart defensive and closed and 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 reactive and and resentful and all those things and begin to find openings in your inside your heart and and inside your relationships and finding forgiveness and just opening up these little doorways inside your heart so that when you react and when you're provoked or you're triggered you begin to see oh wow there's a pattern at work in me that's not even my fault and it's not actually anyone's fault even though it might be tempting to think, well, it was my mum's fault or my dad or something that happened to me. That may, there may be truth to that, and that has to be processed in some way. But actually, it was laid down at the point of, of a conception. We all have this sort of sacred wound, and inside that wound is, is hidden our greatest awakening. And so we have to kind of go through that portal of forgiving ourselves, of unraveling our, our kind of need to be loved and our need to find you know love in the outside world and as we kind of unravel that we come to the place where the love is inside us and and then you know the highest level of that venus sequence is when we find the source of love inside us the ocean of love inside us and then once we once we find that well we no longer need it reflected externally you know and and because we we're, we're literally being showered from inside ourselves with it. And, and that's a process over time that takes time of opening. And it is a very feminine process in that sense. It, it's not, you know, when I say, fem, when we talk about feminine, it's not like, oh, that's only for women or anything. It's a feminine process because it, 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 we have to move through the layers of wounding around our heart. And that, that takes a feminine approach, an approach of gentleness, of softness. You know, that is not, um, that is not terrain for the mind, you know, that is that it, the mind can, the mind needs to kind of yield and learn to soften and learn to see itself with clarity. Um, but that's a, yeah, that is a very um, feminine aspect of the Gene Keys work. And it's very powerful and very um, practical. You know, I always think like the feminine things are the most practical, <laughs> you know, Yeah. and it really, it really works. Oh, yeah, I, I can attest to that. And any of the male listeners out there who may not even understand what we're talking about, it just, it, I would highly encourage listeners to check it out, um, genekeys.com. Thank you, Richard Rudd, for taking us through this portal. It's just been so beautiful and magical journey with you this past hour. Thank you, Jessica. It's a real pleasure. Is there anything else that uh, listeners should know about your work or where they can find you online? Um, I think it's all there on genekeys.com and uh, uh, I think they can just dive in and, and explore the synthesis there. Yeah, and uh, warning that it's a pro it's a lifelong process and it's a beautiful, uh, magical experience. So thank you for bringing your work into this world, Richard. Thank you, Jessica. It's an absolute pleasure. You made it to the end of the podcast. This means the world to me, and I hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to hop on over to my podcast website, artofhumanity.io, for show notes or past interviews. Or you can message me on social media. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. My name is Jessica Ann, and my handle starts with an I. It's at I-T-S-J-E-S-S-I-C-A-N-N. I'd love to hear from you and learn more about what you've learned from this episode and I'll be sure to get in touch with you. If you really love this podcast, I'd highly appreciate it if you went on iTunes right now and left a review. It helps way more than you know. 
let's get the art of humanity movement going. Thank you for listening. Until the next episode, evolve your business with the art of humanity. Listen, explore, evolve. I'm Jessica Ann.